Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. Jody Birkin here with the Man of God's Way podcast. Um, I'm excited that you are joining us here today for a special podcast. Uh, I've got my friend and hopefully soon to be governor, uh, Mr. Bill Eigel. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great today, Jody. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm so glad to uh, to have you on here. Uh, I was honored to meet you about a month or so ago and get to hear some of your uh, vision for your potential governor run. And um, I can't wait to hear a little bit more about that. But uh, again, I know you're a busy man and uh, you're in the Senate right now trying to make some change here for the state of Missouri. And we appreciate that. But uh, I have a a few questions that I'd just like to get into before we hop into the political side. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, about how you came into the faith and um, and kind of your walk from from that moment on. Uh, absolutely. Uh, that's a great place to start. So the first thing I would tell folks about myself is that uh, uh, I'm a believer uh, in, the, in our Lord Jesus Christ and our, uh, that the idea and actually uh, for me, it's a belief and an understanding that uh, God has a plan for each of us in our lives. Mm, and amen. I have lived uh, by this and have seen things uh, that give me a hint and a peek uh, sometimes as to what God's plan actually is. But I am thankful every day for each person that he introduces me to uh, that can help me help others as we move forward uh, during our time on this earth. And I, I kind of came, uh, I was, I was uh, raised Catholic, but I, I really became uh, faithful when back when I was in the Air Force in the early 2000s and I was deployed overseas in support of uh, Operation Enduring Freedom. And I tell you what, there's uh, I'm probably not the first uh, military veteran to, to really find uh, faith in God when he was deployed overseas uh, in support of uh, some of the, a military operation far from home. Right. Uh, that was the furthest at the time. That was the furthest I'd ever been away from home. I was in a country that uh, looked um, couldn't look more different from the right. one we've been blessed uh, to live in every day. And I and through the, the power of prayer each day uh, and through the power of asking for God's blessing and, and, and helping me understand what his plan is for each of us, uh, I was able to uh, move through that. And then uh, if you look at my life from there, you know, we, we when I left the Air Force in uh, 2007, you know, right. we but part of that plan uh, then included us uh, buying a small construction company here in St. Charles. So when I left the Air Force, we, my wife and I moved back to St. Charles, which is where her family's from. And uh, we've been here ever since. Um, what I didn't know at the time is that it also uh, that plan included me uh, uh, spending our, our life savings uh, on, a, on a construction company right before the recession hit. So, uh, you know, it, it took a lot of faith and uh, daily prayer to, to make it through that. But uh, for me, it's always been, even during the times of my life where I, I, I don't understand uh, what is happening in that plan, it always seems to end up at a place that I think to myself, wow, mm-hmm. uh, how, how, how amazing this is and, and, and how frightful it must be for those that have not found uh, the word and have not become to be believers uh, in that message of salvation. So uh, that's kind of me in a nutshell, as far as uh, my faith journey. Uh, you know, we're, we're here today in, in St. Charles County, and even though it's a little bit cold outside, it's starting to snow, as we mentioned, uh, it's been, um, uh, we're looking forward to a very Merry Christmas. 
That's great. That's great. Now you you're married and, and have children, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, I am, I'm married uh, to my wife, Amanda, who uh, has been, uh, I can't believe she's put up with me now for, for 22 years. And I have, I know it's amazing, right? right uh, all yeah. part of the plan, all part, exactly. you gotta be leaving the plan. Uh, right. uh, but she's been with me uh, by my side for the past 22 years. And I have two children, uh, Kevin, who's 19 and uh, working in Columbia, Missouri. And my daughter, Lisa, uh, who is currently attending, uh, uh, St. Dominic's uh, High School here in St. Charles County. So it's, um, uh, we also have uh, several dogs. Uh, and so if you're interested or any of your computers would like to uh, uh, foster a dog away from my house, uh, we can talk about that too, because uh, that's something I've got to get into. But uh, we've lived here in uh, Weldon Spring now for seven years. And uh, before that, we were in O'Fallon. So uh, we've carved out, uh, we've been very fortunate, very blessed uh, to to live in such a great place as this. That is great. That is great. Yeah, I uh, I don't need any dogs. I have three myself, so I will. Not, I I There's always room for one more. There's no always room. Way. For one more. <laughs> no way. I've got four kids, and none of them take care of them. So it's uh, it drives me batty. So, um, so in your faith walk, um, you you went from a, a small business owner to uh, politics. What was the process there and how did you go from you know thinking man i'm i'm running a company and you know made it through the recession and i'm gonna build it back up and then all of a sudden go oh yeah i think i need to, to go into politics what was that thought process well that uh but that you know that's one of those moments where uh clearly god uh, was wanting me to get on an entirely different path uh and it was a path that i wasn't even thinking about because right. Uh, as a small business owner, I had avoided government uh, in any way that I could. Right. I, you know, anytime I touched government, it either wanted more of my money in the form of taxation, or it was telling me what I what I could or could not do in, in the form of regulation. Mm. About the 2014 timeframe, of course, we were seeing the implementation of Obamacare nationwide, and as a result of that, we were seeing enormous increases in our health insurance premiums. And right. uh, at the time, I think we had about a couple dozen uh, employees in my business, and that was outrageous to me. And, and, I, and I came to this realization that even if I'm avoiding politics, even if I'm trying to pretend like it's not happening and I'm not thinking about politics, politics is thinking about me. Politics right. is thinking about all of us. And it's just right. a matter of time before we start to see uh, usually a negative impact from too much government uh, take place in our lives. So, uh, you know, I, I spoke to Amanda and, and we were asking ourselves, how can we get in, engaged? And we started attending uh, weekly, monthly meetings uh, with other Republicans or other like-minded individuals that were frustrated with the amount of government that they saw. And uh, that led to ultimately a state Senate campaign that everybody told me I couldn't win. Uh, right. Everybody told me, I, I, you know, as a political newcomer, my message of, you know, this uh, this business guy that nobody's heard from, right. that you can't win those races, right? You can't do right. that. Uh, and yet we were we were successful. Uh, we we were able to uh, defeat a uh, uh, as an incumbent state rep for that seat, in spite of the fact that nobody thought we could win. And you know, just that message of uh, freeing us from all this government that we're surrounded by and all these broken government institutions, uh, we were able to be successful. So, I uh, got into politics and have been in the state senate now for the past six years, and it's I'll I'll, I'll be honest, it's, it, it many times it's frustrating. Uh, often oh, I can imagine. It's incredibly frustrating because um, the the special interest power in our in our state capital is very entrenched, and they're they're not interested in necessarily what's good for uh, everybody in this state. They're interested in what's good for a relatively few number of people in this state, and right. generally the special interest they represent. So, 
it is uh, it could be frustrating, but now more than ever, uh, we need folks to be talking about what a better vision of tomorrow looks like. And I believe that, you know, Missouri should be a leader in this country. We should be a leader of these United States. When you turn on your TV at night, you ought to be hearing about good things that we're doing in the state of Missouri, not just in places right. like Florida and Texas. We should do those right here. Uh, and yet too often, uh, a lot of Republicans in the state that I talk to are frustrated because in spite of all these Republicans in Jefferson City, we're not doing those big, uh, big red ideas. We're not unleashing uh, the freedoms right. and liberties that we were granted by generations to come before us. And uh, there's a sense that if we don't get back to that, if we don't get back to reforming right. all this broken government, if we don't have to get, we don't get back to government getting out of our way, then uh, we're going to lose uh, that which we've been very fortunate to inherit. So, uh, you know, that kind of leads me to what we're talking about now, which is uh, uh, looking ahead to 2024. Amen. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Well, uh, congr- um, I applaud you for doing that because uh, I had a small business for many years and we got relatively large and I started doing GSA contracts and I knew I screwed up the second I did three or four GSA contracts. I was just like, oh my God, I, I don't I don't see how people get away with $400 hammers and $12,000 toilets because yeah. uh, they nickel and dime me to death. And I think it usually... You said something a while ago about special interest. Um, the larger companies also have 9,000 lawyers. And right. uh, the government doesn't want to go after those guys. They like to come after guys like us that don't have, you know, a lawyer at all, much less 9,000 of them sitting in our uh, lobby yep. uh, just waiting to do work for us. And so they make it uh, pure hell on the the people that are in, you know, middle class to uh, small businesses with 500 people or less. And, man, they just kill you with all the bureaucracy and the the loops and the hoops and everything else that you've got to jump through. So I'm glad that you're in there trying to to do something a little bit about it. Speaking of special interest, um, you know, many times I've said that I think most politicians go in with a pure heart. You know, they have these ideologies that they want to get in and do the right thing, but it seems like special interest or the almighty dollar sign or, you know, something gets them off track. And at one point in time, they just kind of sell their soul to, to whatever benefits them the most instead of, you know, their, uh, their state or their nation. And how do you, how do you keep a straight face? Number one, and how do you keep a straight line in doing all of this and not succumbing to uh, the pressures of special interest or the dollar or the power that potentially could come by somebody offering you some other position that's out there. uh, If you just do what I'm asking you to do, how do you yourself keep away from that? Well, I think it all starts by identifying and understanding what the proper role of government actually is. And and you're, Judy, you're exactly right that so many people get into politics because they see something wrong with politics and they want to fix it and they're willing to dedicate their time and energy to that, but they're not able to really describe what the proper role of government is in the first place. For me, it's very simple. It's to protect the rights of the citizens. If you protect the rights of the citizens, uh, the the citizens will take care of themselves. So we as government have a very limited role, a narrow scope and a narrow mandate to do nothing more than ensure those rights are protected. In fact, of all the things that I could I could list off to you that were wrong in our society, it probably has to do with a violation of our of some version of our rights that are granted to us by God. So if you don't have that answer, even if you have a pure heart, you get into office and you're so excited about doing something good that 
you know, when you get down to Jefferson City, you don't really know what that means because you're being uh, uh, de- you're dealing with issues that you may never have heard of before. And there's a long line of very well-paid lobbyists and special interests that are happy to help describe what that means, uh, what good can mean for your area. And a lot of times that means through larger government, through more regulation, through more burden on the taxpayer. So uh, mm-hmm. we, we end up with a, a naturally corrosive environment. I mean, the environment's in Jefferson City and certainly Washington, D.C., are, are very exaggerated environments, as I describe them, where, uh, you know, somebody who uh, comes from a very humble background is suddenly in a place to where everybody knows their name and everybody thinks their jokes are funny. It's a cumulatively right. corrosive environment uh, down right. in these in these centers of power. And so staying uh, grounded in understanding what the proper role of government is key key to a, a successful time in government. Anytime you have a elected official that's talking about running for office or is running for office, you should always ask them the same question. What do they believe the proper role of government is? And you'd be stunned. I'm sure you've heard a uh, number of politicians answer that in ways that you just you can't believe, right? right? Because they've got such a broad definition of what they think government ought to be doing. But uh, for us, the proper role of government is protecting rights. That's it. Everything else is up to the citizen. That's good. So somebody like me, um, you know, I'm a pastor and I see what you're saying, because even in the church, it's a lot like that. You know, they people come to church, but they they're not grounded in the word. And so they're 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 swept away by other uh, ideologies or excitement or something that happens in their life. That's not necessarily unbiblical, but but it's not biblical. And so. Uh, we see that a lot of times, and I call them Google theologians and Facebook prophets. You know, they, they all the information they get is from Google or Facebook, and um, that's not a great place to be either. So, so somebody like me, who number one, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with our government, especially the national government. Um, you know, just in like these are guys that I would have beat up in high school. Like yeah. they just, they're just, you know, they're they're whiny, they're. They're all just they're at each other's throats and it just doesn't seem like anything's getting accomplished except just printing money uh, left yeah. and right. So some, you know, I have this I have this skewed view possibly of what our government is and maybe what it should be. How does somebody like me learn um, what I should what I should know, like the understanding kind of like where you did? What did you do to understand your idea of the government or what it was really meant to be so that it is serving uh, the people instead of serving itself. Well, I'll tell you, you know, a lot of the uh, attitudes that I have towards government, uh, uh, I I learned when I was overseas, uh, Mm. when I was deployed to, it was actually a former Soviet country uh, of Turkmenistan, that when the Soviet Union broke up in 1991, the Communist Party chairman of that country set himself up as a lifelong dictator of that nation. And the damage he did by expanding and enforcing his control over that country led to environments to where you had a police officer enforcing dictates on every corner, every street corner, that the, the Turkmen Basi, as he called himself, this dictator, right. uh, built palaces to himself and built it over the top of, of gulags and prisons where he threw his political uh, opponents into and, and, wow. and tossed away the key. So I got a very real wake up call by seeing that that's what big government looks like when it dips into tyranny. When I came back to America, of course, we don't have examples like that 
yet, but we've got to be vigilant because right. as you mentioned, those guys over in, in those guys and gals over in Washington, DC, even right now, they're talking about passing another massive uh, spending bill that will inflate right. our currency, that will weaken our, our society even further and will take America away from its uh, its path to be a leader on earth for how we should conduct ourselves. So it's um, it's a fight that there, there's no necessarily for folks that don't have the opportunity to go overseas and, and see that uh, firsthand. Um, there's no one way to to see that. But for right. anybody that's wanting to get engaged, uh, whether it's through their church active activities, whether it's through Republican uh, events where there's education going on, take every opportunity to be informed about politics. Because remember, I just I just was, right. was talking about this this morning. If you're not engaging and thinking about politics, maybe because you're you're nervous that it's so negative and you want to avoid it. Remember, politics is thinking about you. Politics is thinking about how you're living your life. And if you're not going to push back on that, politics will begin to tell you how it thinks you should live your life. Well, that's That's not, I don't believe that's part of God's plan. I don't think that that's, God didn't call us to live as serfs underneath a uh, tyrannical government. So we are called to be on on guard, on watch at all times, because it takes constant defending of our way of life and not just our way of life as it relates to to government, but what about our values and morals and principles? Uh, The culture war that's going after uh, the traditional Christian family uh, Mm -hmm. are 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 stronger and and more pointed than, you know, in terms of attacks than maybe it's ever been before. So now more than ever, we need folks that can articulate, uh, that can be educated and articulate what it means and what it looks like to defend our rights and to really stand in the breach for the next generation. Mm, that's good. That right there, a preach. That was nice. <laughs> that, that gave me a lot of uh, hope because I, I think that's where, you know, people, people really need to, you know, outside of Jesus, they need to see some hope within the United States. You know, yep. I mean, uh, I know where I'm going. I know my hope. Uh, but you know, while I'm still here on this earth, uh, the freedoms that we enjoy would still be nice for my children and my grandchildren, um, in the future. And I, I just, that, that, that helps a lot just to, to be able to get, cause I'm kind of one of those, like, I don't like going to the DMV. I don't like, you know, yeah. going to the tax office. I don't like going to, you know, any government agency. It just, every time I just get this feeling down the back of my neck, it's just like, I'm in the wrong spot. So um, that's good. I, I love your vision for that. And just, um, it's a, it's a good viewpoint. So um, the last time I heard you speak, um, you spoke on some very uh, key, what I would believe key issues as a pastor and someone who believes that the Bible is uh, authoritative and infallible. And I just noticed recently, you just try, you're putting uh, your, um, uh, I forgot what it's called when you put a bill in motion or whatever, you've got a couple of bills out there that are, you know, trying to to right some wrongs that are going on right now. And one of them is the the transgender issue that we've got going yeah. on in the world today. And you're you're a big um you're you're very bold in speaking out on that. And I appreciate that because I think we're doing a disservice to our nation by by not doing that. Speak a little bit on that and yeah. uh, your thought process behind what you would do in Missouri. So first of all, uh, I would I would describe the transgender movement in this country right now as the tip of the spear in the attacks on our families. Uh, There's 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 no more direct correlation between an attack on the family, which is basically saying that children under the age of 18 are able to determine genders uh, that don't exist 
in contravention of what God himself has ordained on this planet when he said that there are two genders, right? right. And that the idea that a, a child under the age of 18 could suddenly make a decision about changing, changing right. uh, what God has ordained is a very worldly view. That is a very imperfect human view and perspective of, of the world that we live in. And that is exactly uh, what the transgender movement wants. It mm. wants to replace uh, our, 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 our praise and our belief uh, in a higher power with very worldly ideas uh, that are imperfect, right? That's that's right. the entire idea. So they're using this transgender ideology to have something as simple as a child question whether or not they're a boy or a girl. Right. Uh, and it's incredibly instructive, destructive. We've seen these clinics spring up all over the country uh, that are having doctors uh, mm. performing mutilating and scarring surgeries and procedures on children that we're seeing time and again as the children does mature comes to a, out, you know, tremendously regret and right. lives will then live with the scars of these mutilations for the rest of their lives. Right. So for me, we filed legislation to make it illegal for anybody under the 18 and the age of 18 to be subjected by any person to these procedures, mm -hmm. surgeries, or medical treatments uh, that will scar them for life. So that should be a crime. I, I consider that child abuse, uh, subjecting yep. a child to that. So um, I, I just, it, it, it boggles the mind. And you know, in a, in a very real case, you know, we, we, started, we started seeing uh, long before today, these attacks, uh, by evil. I mean, I believe right. the, the institution of abortion is an evil right. institution. It is a culture of death. The idea that you can take the life of an unborn living child and somehow there's no consequences for that, somehow that that's okay. Right. That is an evil idea. Well, today we've updated that. And the next frontier in that fight is now this transgender movement. Yeah. And so we have to be every bit as vigilant. I keep talking about and calling for where are the protectors of our rights? Where are the protectors of those that are the most vulnerable among us? If I had to decide who are the most vulnerable among us, children would be in the front of that line. So if we're not going to stand up and protect these children from these abominations, like transge mm -hmm. the transgender movement, right? how can we be called and expected to defend anything else in our society? Mm -hmm. So. For me, it's a very it's a very deep place that understanding and meaning that you're going to be that defender of rights. You're right. going to defend children, whether it's from uh, the transgender movement. You know, this week we've been talking about a, a series of uh, quote unquote drag queen Christmas shows coming to the state of Missouri. Oh my god! Uh, and and it's it just uh, Jody, I, I I cannot believe if you'd have asked me when I was growing up that these were the kind of things I was going to have to defend against right. if one day I ever got into public office, I never right. could have imagined. I couldn't have I couldn't have ever even have guessed this, and yet here we right. are that there are parents out there exposing their children to this kind of uh, quite frankly pornographic material with these yeah. drag queen shows, and I'm calling, I'm asking, I'm I'm calling on folks to get engaged, to put a stop to this kind of behavior, to put a stop on behalf of children that legally can't help themselves. Amen. So uh, it, it's a it's a calling to be a defender of rights and all of these things, that protector of rights that's willing to stand in the gap for issues like this. You can connect that single belief about being the protector of rights to every policy position I have ever taken during my time in politics. My, my policy positions on cutting taxes, 
are protecting your rights to be the to be the the benefit of your own labor. Uh, my policy positions on uh, abortion, protecting the right to life. All of us are called to be these protectors, and we don't have enough of these protectors in elected office, particularly statewide elected office, where we need them the most more than anywhere else. Amen. Amen. Oh, I love that. Man, I, I, I've i been praying for you ever since I've met you just because I love your message, and I pray that you don't detour from that like it, it just that you maintain that same message that when you do and i i'm praying this that you when you do get into office as governor that these are actual changes that happen uh within our state and that uh, god starts doing a mighty work in and through you and through the people and yes. you know one of, one of the things that man up god's way is that we want the men to be the protectors and we want them to stand up and do what god's called us to do he's called us to have a right relationship with him he's called us to 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 love our wife as christ loved the church he's called us to protect our kids and that's that's not just our kids but that's all kids and um you're right. We, we, when we grew up, I'm about almost 10 years older than you, but, um, I was just talking to somebody the other day, a man knew a man was a man, a boy was a boy, a girl was a girl and a woman was a woman. And you didn't right. have those skewed, uh, whatsoever. Now I'm not saying there weren't some offshoots of it, but nothing like it is today. And it just, you know, within my lifetime, it's, it's just blown up to where it's, it's casual. And, um, even I've got 11 year olds in school and they're being inundated with it at school. And it just breaks my heart that, you know, they've got little kids at school, 11 years old, you know, thinking that they're a boy or a girl and, and right. trying to, and trying to get through this world and, and we're catering to it. That's what breaks my heart too, is that, you know, we need to be correcting them and showing them what it is to be a man and what it is to be a woman. Right. We're, we're normalizing it. Right. We're, we're making it standard. We're making it yes. normal and, and, and OK. Well, not defending these kids is not OK. No, uh, not we are. I, you're a parent. I'm a parent. I don't understand how we, we have gotten to this point either, but it, cha- it, it it doesn't weaken my resolve at all to be that protector, whether it's uh, for Amen. children, whether it's for businesses, whether it's for churches, whether, you name it. We need more of these protectors in this state. And by the way, that this is not this is this is a message that had is tied to hope. If we right. become that state, if we if we empower those protectors. Missouri has an opportunity to be a leader in this country. I I love, don't get me wrong, I love places like Florida and Texas. I, I mean, those are great places, but right. I'm tired of turning on the TV and just hearing about all the great things that Ron DeSantis is doing in some other state. Right. We, does, we are being called to be those leaders here in the show me state. And if we do that, we'll not just be a leader for these United States, we'll be a leader for anybody that's interested in the message of freedom and liberty anywhere in the globe, imagine that. Imagine our our birthright to be, we've already got a big red state. We can be that leader. We can get to that better tomorrow, but we've got to be bold. We've got to be unapologetic about who Amen. we want to be and what's okay and what isn't okay. So uh, Missouri, I'm, I'm quite confident, uh, is, is ready to be uh, that state that's willing to be bold, uh, but it's going to take some work. And so that's what we're going to do for the next 20 months. And uh, we're already started. Amen. Oh, I love that, brother. Uh, lights a fire under me. I like to hear that, especially as a pastor, because what I, what I truly feel, and I, I was, uh, I was somewhat joking about, uh, gosh, it was about three or four months ago um, with my church. I was like, I hope you guys start a, um, a bond fund. 
uh, because most likely I'm going to end up in jail for preaching the word of God. <laughs> yeah. And, I, uh, yeah. I know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I honestly, I think I'm going to end up in jail probably, you know, within the next five years, if things don't take a turn just right. by preaching truth. And, right. um, uh, how would you go about, uh, defending the, the religious freedoms that we, I mean, honestly, we have now, but I mean, I don't, I don't know that I can say I'm honestly trustworthy that they're going to be here in five or 10 years. How would you go about defending that? Uh, but first of all, we have to, we have to stop the, the size and the expansion of government. Government right. is the mechanism that folks are going to be using to restrict and eliminate uh, religious freedoms, uh, whether that, whether that uh, form of government could be in our public schools, whether it could be in Jefferson City, whether it's local ordinances uh, through, look, think of all the religious freedoms that were trampled during the, the COVID crazy environment. Right. Yes. Government is the tool that is being used to take not just your, your freedom of uh, religious expression and your religious freedom, mm -hmm. but many of your rights. All of your rights that are under threat are not under threat by traditions. They're under threat by government. So being the reformers, the Republican, the Republican brand is that of the reformers of broken, bureaucratic, uh, bloated government. We are the ones where the, the solutions are certainly not going to come from the Democratic Party. They're going to come from the Republican Party. And every time we have an election, we win on that message. Right. We're elected to these enormous supermajorities after saying throughout campaign season that we're going to make government a little bit smaller. We're going to make government a little bit less than what it is. But we always fail on that once we get into, into power. I mean, look at the size of government in Jefferson City right now. In 2010, there's only, by the way, there's only two objective measures of the size and scope of government. One is the number of tax dollars that it spends on your behalf, right? The number okay. of tax dollars it spends. And the second measure is the number of lines of code that you have to comply with as a citizen in order to stay out of jail. And uh, by both of those two measures... Republicans have grown government to its largest format ever in state history. Wow. And that is at odds with what we continually promise in campaign season. And if wow. we don't get back to doing what we said we were going to do in campaign season, once we're empowered, then your religious freedoms are going to continue to come under assault. I mean, three years ago, we had no idea. Well, I guess four years ago, we had no idea of the coming COVID crazy environment. Had no idea right. that was going to happen. Right. What kind of challenge do we not know of today that is going to threaten your rights two, re two years from now that we have to be on guard for? Well, right. the best way to prepare for that is make government smaller. Make it less able to take your rights away in the future. Make it less able to take your tax dollars. Make it less able to uh, force you out of your homes or your churches or your businesses. Make it smaller. Make it limited in scope like the founding of the country called for. I mean, we in the Revolutionary War, we went, we we rebelled from the British crown over a 50 cent stamp tax. Right, exactly. <laughs> now, here in Missouri, yeah. in Missouri, we're paying rent to the government just right. to maintain our personal vehicles in the form right. of personal property tax. Yeah, I got so, a problem. I just paid mine yesterday. Yes. Golly. So it's, we have got to, the, the way we ensure religious freedom is the same way that we, we ensure all of our freedoms, by keeping government in limited in scope and as small as possible. That is the best way to prevent and guard against the threats that are going to come down the pipeline in the future. Right. Oh, that's good. 
Man, that, this is uh, this has been very enlightening, and I'm very excited about uh, your future. To be honest, uh, Senator, and um, I'm really excited about your passion. I'm really excited about your faith, and uh, I will be covering you in prayer. Um, what would you tell um, tell people now? Like, what's what's something that you're out on the the campaign trail right now, telling people to to give them hope of the future? Uh, well, it, that's a really great, great question. And, uh, you know, when you hear me talk, you know, a lot of the times, a lot of times when we're talking about politics, especially for folks that are, are still in that mindset that they're going to want to avoid politics, because right. anytime they hear politics, it's something bad, right? right. Yeah. Something's going wrong, when you, freedom is under attack somehow, or uh, taxation is going up that they got to pay. Right. Uh, and it's always something bad. But I would argue that the vision that we're talking about of a better, stronger Missouri in the future, one that is not taxing you nearly as much as it is right now, one that is defending your rights like it isn't right now, that is a vision of a hopeful future. That is not a vision of, of the negative energy that constantly swirls around our negative, our, our political discussions right now. I'm talking about a hopeful, better world of tomorrow. I'm simply asking folks to believe in that, probably like they have believed in it for most of their lives, even when they weren't active in politics, and to not let go of that. And if they're willing to do that, and if they're willing to work together with me and with other like-minded citizens to reach that better Missouri, Missouri will be the place all around this country that people are looking to for an example of how to defend rights. That is a hopeful, bright vision and message of the future. And the more people I think I can get to hear that, the stronger our campaign will be. Amen, brother. Oh, that is good. I'm excited for you. So what's, uh, what's, what's, uh, headed for 2023, what you've got planned. So, uh, well, there's, there's specific bills, uh, that we've, we've got in the pipeline. We already talked about uh, the bill that's going to prohibit these transgender, mm -hmm. uh, procedures being, uh, uh, enacted on an individuals under the age of 18. I tell you what, if you're, you mentioned personal property tax, I've got a bill that would get rid of, uh, all personal property tax in the state of Missouri, because, you know, I don't think that you should have to pay government rent just to own your own car. Right, I mean, exactly. okay. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if Seriously. You, if you got to pay rent on, on December 1st to keep your car, who really owns it? Right, right. <laughs> so, Plus, so, I pay sales tax already. Yeah, you already paid sales, pay sales, sales tax them. once. Why do you got to keep on uh, going uh, from, from where we're at right there? So uh, that's something that's getting a lot of... Uh, uh, exposure. A lot of folks are excited about that idea, but the same thing that's driving me to want to cut your personal property tax, you know, I, I mentioned uh, Florida and, and Texas, you know, one of the things that those states do differently than Missouri is they don't charge you income tax. So every time you produce something, you don't get punished by the state government for producing it, that the government then uh, requires a piece of that. So we've got to get rid of income tax in this state and stop punishing people for going out and producing. If we do that, we'll start seeing some of the, the same population growth that we're seeing in other big red states that are leading the country. So taxation right. is going to be reducing that tax burden, getting the budget under control, I, I think is a is a is a big deal. You know, there, there's other bills out there where we're protecting the Second Amendment uh, and in prohibiting local areas from uh, taking federal dollars to enforce so-called red flag gun seizure laws. So it's uh, there, there's different opportunities, right. but there's always going to be a call to defend rights and shrink government. And uh, if you look through my list of bills, you're going to see that theme over and over. That is great. So where, pe where can people find you? 
You bet. Uh, right now, uh, we're pointing, we, we set up a new website. If you want to learn more about uh, my campaign, uh, what we're doing, where we're going to be, because I'm traveling all over the state, there's a website, letsgomo.org. You know, every time I think about all these, this is better future, I'm thinking to myself, let's go, Missouri, let's go. Right. Uh, so we've set up a website, letsgomo.org. If you go to that website, one, you can sign up to be a part of the team and part of the effort for the next two years. So for folks that are asking themselves, what can I do to get involved? Go to letsgomo.org, sign up, and we will be in your town in the near future where you can get engaged. Um, that's a that's a great resource. It's got all my platform elements on there. So if you want to read about some of the other issues I'm talking about, that's available on there. And we're going to be we're going to be traveling the state. So uh, you could reach out to us via that website and we'd love to come to wherever you're at uh, and talk about our message and continue to spread that message. Well, praise God, brother. Well, I'm uh, so excited about this campaign. I, I I love your campaign manager, too. Got to to know him a little bit. Yeah, I'm glad things uh, a former senator, Jim Lamke, and um, you guys are doing an amazing job. And I will be praying for you and uh, I'm looking forward to a great 2023 that you just uh, you start planting the seeds all across the state that uh, mm -hmm. sprout 2024 and that you walk into the governor's mansion by then. Well, that's the hope. We're going to work hard. Thanks so much for having me today. Man, thank you, Senator uh, Igo. I appreciate your time and um, uh, you're just a, a great word. Thank you so much for that. And it's uh, very hopeful uh, for our future here in Missouri. So thank you so much. All right. God bless you, brother. Take it easy. And folks, we'll see you uh, next week. And my name is Jody Burkeen, the host of Man Up God's Way podcast. And You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.